This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. This morning I want to speak on this subject, six things that we can be absolutely sure of in 2021. And this is going to be, I believe, a bulletin that you can hang on to for encouragement in this unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in today. I want to say more about that in just a minute. But if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. And uh, if you'd like to read these scriptures on the screen, we will get them for you as quickly as possible. But I want you to look at Matthew chapter 16. And we're talking about six things that we can be absolutely sure of in 2021. Again, this is our last Sunday service in 2020. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to look with me at Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to read for you verses 13 through 18. We're very familiar with this passage of Scripture. We know the story in John's gospel. He teaches us how that Jesus was preaching, and he had made himself known to John and Andrew And right after Andrew had believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, the very first thing he did, he went to find his brother Peter. And he said, Peter, we have found him. We have found the Messiah. And Andrew invited his brother to come hear the next sermon that Jesus would preach. And Jesus gathered that group together in a little place called Caesarea of Philippi. I have been there many times. I've taken many of you with me to the Holy Land. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, The River Jordan has uh, a passageway through Caesarea of Philippi. And in my mind's eye, those of you that have been with me before, and I've been many times, I can see the little stone area where we normally would stop at that particular site and have our service. And I've preached in Caesarea Philippi many times. And it's very clear in my mind what that surrounding looks like. And I want to emphasize something that there is a place in the scripture called Caesarea and then Caesarea Philippi. They're two different places. After Andrew had heard Jesus preached and he told his brother, that we have found the Messiah. He invited Peter to come and hear the message as well. And that's really what the introduction of Matthew chapter 16 is all about. But there's something else very interesting in this text that I'm going to share that will be the cornerstone of the message today. But now that you know a little background about the scripture that we're going to read, I want to read it for you beginning in Matthew Chapter 16, verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I am? I the Son of Man am. And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist. Some Elijah. And others Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? 
He was looking right in the eyes of Simon Peter. And he said, Peter, there's a lot of rumors going around. People are making their assessments of me and what are they saying about me? The disciples said, some said you're Jeremiah. Somebody said you are Elijah. And he looks right into the heart, to the eyes of Peter. And he says, but whom do you say that I am? It's one thing to have an opinion about things that other people say, but you have one too. Jesus looked into his eyes and he said, what do you say? Who am I to you, Peter? And at that moment, this is where Peter makes the great confession. This is not the place Peter became a disciple. This is the place that he was converted. Look at this. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? In verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. What my brother said is absolutely true. He said, we have found the Messiah, and I believe by hearing your words, by seeing the manifestation of, of God all over you, and hearing the declaration and hearing the words, Peter said, I confess, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, bar Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now a lot of people believe that Jesus was declaring that he was going to build the church on Peter. That's not true. Jesus was making a very clear point, and he says this, upon this rock, Jesus is talking about himself. He is the rock of ages. He is the stone hewed out of the mountain. He is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. And he was saying, Peter, upon me, this rock, he said, I will build my church, and notice this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so this morning, I want to take that text. You know the background of the first part of the story, but I want to preach this morning using for the foundation of the message the last part of what Jesus said. And if you have a red letter edition Bible, everything that you find in red is what Jesus said. And so Jesus himself declares, he said, I'm going to build the church. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's a big statement. Considering where we are today, it's a big statement, and that's what I want to speak about. Six things that we can be absolutely sure of in 2021. It's my prayer, and that's why I want you to hang on to the bulletin for a long time. It's my prayer that these incredible truths will give you unshakable faith and motivation in this next new year. Because more than ever, more than ever, we need our faith fortified. 
And I want you to stay encouraged in the word of God because I assure you that our redemption does draw nigh. We're going to be talking a lot about that in the next coming weeks. But today we find ourselves in the last Sunday of 2020. And as we look back on this year, counting today, there are 52 Sundays behind us. And when you think about this new year coming in, there are 52 Sundays ahead. I did some calculation and listen to this. If Jesus tarries his coming, in these next 52 Sundays that lie ahead, that computes to 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, and 31,536,000 seconds. That's going to total the year 2021 if Jesus tarries is coming. And the blow your mind thing about all of those statistics is this, that God has already seen it all. Because he's omniscient. He's already seen it all. There are no unknown areas about this next new year with God. Absolutely none. God and only God knows what lies ahead in this next new year. In fact, he has seen time past, present, and from the beginning. This is something that I want you to know, and maybe you can find a place to write it down somewhere, but there has never been a time when God has not known what is going on. Never. I assure you that God did not stumble across COVID-19. He, he did not look down from heaven upon this earth where this entire planet is engulfed with it right now. He did not look down from the throne in glory and say, oh my goodness, what's going on? What is this? What's happening down there? God did not stumble over this. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Now, looking back on 2020, and I want you to think about that just for a minute, we've seen a lot of devastation. We've seen a lot of death. We've seen a lot of disruption. We've seen a lot of disappointments. As Teresa said just a moment ago, we've seen this plague, this pestilence come against our families, against our own personal lives. I think of those who are in quarantine right now. I think of George and Eve Burnham who are quarantined in the facilities that they live in. I think about Marie Hildebrand that just passed from it, a, a shut-in member of our church. I just preached her funeral last week. When I look back on this, I, I've seen and you've seen, there's probably not a person in here that does not know somebody that's affected by it in some way or another. All of us do. In fact, when COVID-19 was a word that was first brought to our awareness, or at least mine, and I really didn't understand much about it then, and I don't know that I do now, but I can remember a news announcer was coming on the television, and he said these words. He says, and this was back in March. He said, within two weeks, he said, we're all going to know somebody that's been affected by this. That seemed almost impossible but right now, I think all of us know somebody somewhere that has been affected by it. 
You think about that just for a moment. It's affected our personal life. It's affected our friends, our loved ones, our families, our jobs, our church. I mean, I never, I never thought that I would stand here today and preach with a mask in my pocket and stand with one on the platform and see all of you uh, with one on. And I never thought that I'd see that. You know, I, I wondered early back in my ministry how difficult things were going to come because I understand Bible prophecy very well. And I know that the only peace that's ever going to be upon this earth is when the Prince of Peace himself is sitting on the throne of David, ruling and reigning in Jerusalem. And there will not be any peace before then, real, real lasting peace. And I'm very much aware what Jesus said in the last days, perilous times shall come, I understand it. But I never thought in my early days of ministry that I would actually see the church go through something that has been unprecedented and uncomprehendable. And when I, I'll be honest with you, when it first started and we had to shut down completely and we were preaching to pews, just pews and j- just the platform people, In the back of my mind, I wondered, will they ever come back? Will they ever again sit in these pews and will we ever again stand here in this church and sing the great songs of Zion? I will tell you that as the devil is the minister of discouragement, he doesn't only come to you, but he comes to me as well. And those were very trying and difficult days. And God taught me a wonderful lesson early on in this. A lesson that he had tried to teach me for the last 30 years. And it didn't matter, you know, as a church, as a church family, we have our ups and we have our downs. We have our disappointments. We have our setbacks. Thank God we prayed at the beginning of this 2020 that God would give us 10 new additions in our church family. And to God be the glory, he gave us 11. And it was sort of like this. I can do all things. I'm going to do it. You prayed and they said, I'm going to give you one more just for good measure. But I thought about that. And I wondered what in the world was going to happen to the church. Well, the thing that I want to share with you today is this because we've had to go through all kinds of adjustments. And thank God there are so many watching and making comments. I'm thanking God that you're in the pews today. These instruments are playing. These voices are being lifted up. We're worshiping the Lord Jesus. We are gathered in his name. And this is the lesson that God taught me. He tried to teach me this for 30 years, and that's this. He's saying, this is my church. I have said in my word that the gates of hell would not prevail because I have said it. And this is what God wanted to show me and teach me. It doesn't matter who comes. It doesn't matter who watches. I have called you to stand here on this platform and preach the gospel. It doesn't matter that if nobody's there, if it's all full, and I would say sometimes when we'd have a low Sunday, Lord, I'm, I'm disappointed. This one didn't come, that one didn't come, this. And God said, listen, this is my church. And all you need to do is preach. You leave the rest 
to me. And I did not come to full peace with that until COVID-19. And I'm not saying or suggesting by any means, I'm glad this happened to teach me a lesson. Don't get that idea. But what I'm saying is this, I hope and pray that all of us have learned some lessons in this whole process. God certainly has taught me some lessons. And he said, all you got to do is just be faithful. All you got to do is just stand and preach. That's all I want you to do is stand and preach. And you leave all the rest of it up to me. And it's taken all these years for me to finally lay it at the altar, for me to finally lay it in his lap. And the way that I look at things now, if you come, you come. If you don't, there's a reason why. But I will tell you this, no matter what, if it's a songbird, the Bible says, listen, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I'm telling you this, that if, if, a, if a cricket came in here, I would preach to the cricket. If a songbird came in here, I'd preach to the songbird. It doesn't matter. This is his church. But Jesus reminds us in this passage before us this morning that no matter what happens, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is the kind of message today. Listen now, I told you in the beginning, I'm going to go through this real quickly. I want you to hang on to this. I don't want you to lose it. This is the kind of bulletin, the message, the things that I'm going to share with you real quickly here. This is the kind of thing that I not only want you to hang in your heart. I hope you get it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hope that you get it and put it in your heart and I hope it hangs on your heart, but not only on your heart. I hope that you'll take this and I hope and pray that you put it on your nightstand. You put it on your refrigerator. You put it on your visor. You put it in the back of your Bible. Keep it somewhere where you can easily access it and listen carefully. I want you to become familiar with these truths. They will help you. The things that are coming against your life could have a negative impact on you, could be very detrimental to you if you don't hang on to some of the truths of the word of God. And I want to share with you this morning very quickly six spiritual truths that I believe can help you and you can be absolutely sure of them in 2021. Because when you feel that you're done and you're spent, the devil comes to you and he begins to whisper this or he begins to whisper all kinds of things to you and say, listen, don't believe that or you get discouraged, you get defeated, you get down, cast down. Don't put your time, don't waste your time into those things. I want you to hang on to these spiritual truths this morning. When you feel like you're done and you're spent and the devil says to you to curse God and die, just leave it all alone. That's when I want you to get out these indisputable spiritual truths. And remember this, as you go through this, and I'll try to go through it real quickly for you, that no matter what happens in 2021, regardless of what happens, we don't know. The first thing that I want you to remember is this, that God's word will still be the word of God. That's why I want you to hang on to this. Keep it in the back of your Bible. When you get depressed, when you get discouraged, when you get downcast, get this out. Remember these six spiritual truths. Number one, the word of God will still be the word of God. Let me ask you an important question. When it comes to the Bible, God's holy word, what kind of a relationship do you have with this book? Think about that. What kind of a relationship do you have with God's holy word? 
I mean, how much do you love it? I asked this question today. How many in this auditorium this morning and how many of you that are watching by internet in your relationship with the word of God, how many of you this morning are just dating this book? I wonder how many are engaged to this book. And I wonder how many are married to this book. I want you to think about this. What is your relationship with God's holy word, the Bible? Do you really believe that this is God's holy word? Listen carefully. In my opinion, Jesus himself gave the best description of faith in him. And all of the word of God. Now, I know there are many descriptions and definitions of what faith is all throughout the word. Much that we are familiar with are located in the book of Hebrews. But I want you to look at John chapter 20 for a moment because Jesus, I believe, gave the best definition of faith. We have to believe by faith this is the word of God. If you don't believe by faith that this is the word of God, it'll be nothing more than a Sears and Roebuck catalog to you. But it doesn't change the fact that it is God's holy word. Look at this in John 20, verse 24 and 29. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, and this is the best definition of faith, I believe, in all of the scriptures given by Jesus himself. Look at this. Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But notice what Jesus said with great emphasis. Blessed are they that have not seen. That's me. That's you. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. And so this morning by faith, this thing called faith, we are believing that this book is God's holy word. As born again believers, listen, this book governs our life. This book is the manual for our living. This book tells us what to do and what not to do. The book tells us when to do it and when not to do it. The Bible tells us when to abstain and when to partake. This book is the model for our life. We have to believe that this is the word of God. I want you to think with me now. When it comes to your Bible, these scriptures this morning, they've endured every plague that this earth has ever seen. They've endured disasters and they have endured wars. Everything known to mankind, hundreds and hundreds of nations have risen and fallen. The political winds have moved far to the left and then to the right. Leaders have come and gone. But God's word has always remained through it all. Somebody say amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, the Bible says this, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Let me assure you of something. 
that this Bible will work for you tomorrow just as good as it works for you today and as it has worked for you yesterday. You cannot go wrong with God's holy word. You can be sure in 2021 that this book will still be the word of God. The Bible will work for you in a wonderful way. Now, number two, quickly. The Holy Spirit of the living God will still be with us until he's taken out. Can you imagine a world without the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit? In one of my prophecy sermons that I'm going to give you beginning next Sunday for the next five or six Sundays, we're going to be talking about the rapture of the church. And by the way, the message that I have for you on the rapture in this go around is different. I've never preached this message before on the rapture, and I believe it will be in two parts But one of the things that I want you to know about the rapture is this, that when it takes place, when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. When that takes place, not only are we taken, those who have believed, those who are the redeemed, not only are we raptured from this earth, but also the Holy Spirit is taken out of this earth. Now, can you imagine a world? Think about everything that's going on today in this world with the Holy Spirit here. Can you imagine if there was no restraint? Can you imagine a world without the presence and without the working power of the Holy Spirit? But he will one day be taken out of here. The word says in Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work and only he who now letteth, which is the Holy Spirit, listen now, until he, the Holy Spirit, be taken out of the way. One of these days when the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit will be taken out. But until then, listen very carefully, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, whether it's COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21, it doesn't matter. Listen, the Holy Spirit has you sealed until the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 assures us of that. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. I'm so glad that even though I mess up, even though I sin, sometimes I might backslide just like you. I'm so glad that I will never get to a place, such a low place in my life, no matter what that is, that God will never get sick and tired of me. God will never kick me out of the family, no matter what I do, no matter where I've been. Listen carefully. God's amazing grace has sealed me unto the day of redemption. Somebody, somebody, can I have a witness this morning? Until the day of redemption. So remember, you have the power and you have the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that he would never leave us abandoned. He would never forsake us and leave us helpless. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Listen carefully. No matter the struggle you're going through today, and we're all somehow going through it, I am so sick of COVID. I am so sick of this stuff. I am tired of it. I I, I don't know really how much more I can just keep hearing about it. I know if I'm sick and tired of it, you're sick and tired of it. And we're doing all kinds of things to deal with it. I mean, it's a strain on all of us. But listen carefully. 
We cannot overcome those struggles and fears and anxieties and the brokenness and the temptations and the penetrating heartache without the Holy Spirit. Try to imagine going through something like this all over the world without the presence and the working power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but that's not true for everyone. There are millions upon millions who still need Jesus. I mean, everywhere we turn, we find anger and frustration and division and brokenness, all kinds of depravities and fears. Millions of human hearts are still living in darkness. You have friends that are not saved. I have friends that are not saved. We have family members that need the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is still here, they have hope. And because you have the Holy Spirit, I would pray that you would use 2021 as an opportunity to spread the gospel. Number three, the wisdom of God will still be available to us. In James chapter one, verse five, and I love the book of James. We've been studying it for quite some time now, but I want you to reread one of my favorite passages out of that book, James chapter one, verse number five. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Let me ask you the question. Has there ever been a more uncertain time to draw us closer to the Lord than the times that we're living in today? My, my admonishment to you is this, that no matter what's going on in the world and no matter how many people we know that's sick and no matter how sick and tired we are of all of this mess, let me encourage you, don't get depressed about it. If you want to know what to do from day to day when you don't know what to do, here's the answer. Here's the key for peace. It's found in James chapter 4, verse number 8. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you don't know what to do, go to James chapter 4, verse number and the word says this, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Listen, develop that relationship. Get in love with Jesus. And when it all starts to cave in on you, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Thank God. Our hope is not built upon vaccines and politics and politicians. I am so sick of that stuff as well. My hope is built on Jesus Christ and his righteousness. All of the ground is sinking sand. Number four, and this is a surety. This is a surety of 2021 that the local church is still the best chosen method for getting the gospel around the world. I want you to remember this. The church, we can talk about it as believers, as individual believers, we can talk about it as a body, a local assembly, the ecclesia called out assembly. But here's the thing that I want you to understand about the church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25, you have to understand that God so loved the world, but he also so loved the church. The word says this, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You, here's the thing. I pray that all of us will develop a firm commitment and love for the church. Jesus died for it. Stay committed to God. Stay committed to the church. The church needs you and you need the church. And together we can herald the gospel in our city and the communities and all of the surrounding areas. And we can get the gospel better in the foreign countries as well. Number five, you can be absolutely sure that the presence of Jesus will always abide with you. 
In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number five, the Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. Again, listen carefully. No one knows what's going to happen in 2021. We haven't a clue. But one thing is for sure that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we have the assurance that we will not face one single day without him. We may often let go of his hand, but thank God he will never let go of ours. And number six, and I want to close with this, we can be absolutely sure that he will keep every single promise that he's made to us. Now, on your, on your bulletin today, listen now, this is important. Don't lose this one. This is something that will pull you up when you feel like you're going down. Get this out and read these things that are absolutely sureties for 2021. But on the back in the last point, it says this, that God will keep all of his promises made to us. And this is very important. I want you to understand that the integrity of the Almighty is based upon his word. And this is what he says in Titus 1, 2, and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Look at that. It's impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie. Promise before the world began. And in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4, the Bible says, whereby are given unto us exceeding and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so if you've ever felt like that you've ever had to put a challenge to God's word. Did you really mean that, God? When you said it, did you really mean it? I know, I know it's in the Bible, but did you really mean it? Now, if you have to, if you feel compelled to ever put God to the challenge of his word, he invites us to do just that. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And he said, prove me now. Challenge me to my word. Put my word to the test. I've hung my integrity upon it. He said, prove me now, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough for you to receive. God said it. Somebody say amen. None of us can ever say that God has ever broken one single promise in this book. This book is full of precious promises, but I want to give you what I believe are seven of the most outstanding. And please now, it's, it's sort of like saying what star in the sky shines the brightest. We can't do that. All of God's word is precious and the Bible's full of promises. But I want to give you seven to me that just speaks volumes and volumes. There are promises that I can go to in most every situation of life that I find myself in. And that's, again, listen, I want you to hang on to this. Look at these seven precious promises, number one, and you write it down. He said, I promise that I will be with you. And I want you to write the scripture reference down, Psalms 23 and verse number four. He promised that no matter what I go through in life, and he promised no matter what I go through in sickness, he, he also promised it didn't matter if I was closing my eyes at the Jordan and going through death. The psalmist said this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. He will be with me. He promised to be with me. Thank God I won't have to cross Jordan alone. 
Number two, he promised that he would protect me. In Psalms 32, verse 7, the word says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. You know what I've done sometimes when I've laid my head on the pillow at night and usually I have my quiet prayer time then. Let me give you a suggestion here. If you're overwhelmed with the troubles of life, the uncertainties of life, and COVID this and COVID that and all all of this mess, listen carefully. Here's what you need to do. Say, Lord, I, I come to you now. Heavenly Father, I come to you. In the precious name of Jesus, I come to you in the power of the name of Jesus. I come to you in the power of the blood of Jesus. I come to you in the power of the death of Jesus. I come to you in the power of the resurrection of Jesus. I come to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say, God, I'm overwhelmed today. And tonight, I just need to lay my head on the pillow. Would you give me peace? And I say, Lord, would you put an angel at the top of my bed? Would you put one at the sole of my feet? Would you put one on both sides of the bed, stand one in every corner of this room, and put one in every corner of my house? And may that angel draw that flaming sword and give me peace. Look at this. I'll protect you. Then he said this. Number three, I'll be your strength In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, listen, prove him. If you have to, if you have to challenge God with it, he said, prove him, or you can trust him, believe him. He said this in Isaiah 41, 10, I'll be your strength. He said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be thou not dismayed, for I am the Lord thy God. Look at this. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. Number four, he promised this. If you call out to me, I will answer you. In Jeremiah 33, 3, that's what the scripture says. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Number four, real quickly, he promised. He said, I will provide for you. And he stamped his integrity on it with Philippians chapter four and verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And then in verse 19, the word says this. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But Philippians 4, 19, the word says, but my God, look at that, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know this? That God knows what we need before we know we need it. And numbers... Five, I want you to see this. He said, I'll give you peace. Philippians 4, 7. Write that down. I will give you peace. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He said it. When I'm disturbed, he said, hey, I'll give you peace. And number six is one of the most precious ones. And I want you to write this down with his promise. He says, I will always love you. I will always love you. In Ephesians chapter two, verse four through six, the word says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, 
hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so listen very carefully again. These seven promises that God gives, no matter what happens in 2021, he's promised, I will be with you. I will protect you. I will be your strength. I will answer you when you call. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. And I will always love you. Now let me ask you, friend, when you feel like you lay your head upon a troublesome stone, with these precious promises of the word of God, can you not lay your head upon a heavenly pillow and say, thank you, Lord. But let me share with you one last scripture. Our musicians are coming. To me, this is the reinforcement of all of these other promises that comes out of the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. I want you to see this for yourself this morning in Joshua 23 and verse number 14. And I would encourage you to even write that down on, on your bulletin today. Joshua 23, verse number 14. Look at this. And behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know, in all your hearts and in all your souls, look at this, underline it, highlight it, cling to it. Let it be an anchor in a troubled time. He said this, in all your hearts and in all your souls, that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. Listen, the writer of the Old Testament said this, not one thing has he failed you in. The songwriter said, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. These are precious promises, and I assure you, friend, listen, you, you don't need to live your life by a horoscope. You don't need a fortune teller. You, you start fooling around with a Ouija board and all that kind of stuff. Listen, it will drive you insane, number one. Number two, it's against the word of God. Don't put your hope in a crystal ball. Somebody read your fortune, give you a fortune cookie. Listen, you put your faith in God. These six things that I give you this morning, they will never change in this coming year. And these seven promises, though there are many more, the writer of the Old Testament said, not one thing has he failed you in. And we have the assurance in the New Testament as well. Not one thing will he fail us in. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.